now take you into a service already in progress where Pastor Ashish exhorts the congregation and leads them in making the declaration. And right after this is a life-changing message for you. This is God's word. This is God speaking to me. I am a God. I can do what God says I can do. I will become everything God has promised. I'm saved, healed, delivered, redeemed. I'm blessed, victorious, prosperous, triumphant. I'm a minister of God, a servant of Christ, and a channel of His blessing to many people. I receive His word. I believe His word. And I live by His word. Christ is my master. And to Him, I am. In absolute surrender, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We are continuing this morning to talk about the presence of God. We started talking about that last Sunday, and we're just using our little publication here, uh, titled The Presence of God. We are studying through this. This morning, I want to talk to us about the tangible manifestations of His presence. Tangible manifestations about the presence of God. We are in chapter 3. We are talking about the tangible manifestations of God's presence. This is page 29. You know, as we hunger for God and hunger for Him to touch our lives, what we must be aware is that many times God's presence is very tangible to us. There is the invisible presence of God. You know, Jesus said, I'm with you always. The psalmist said in Psalm 139, he said, you know, where can I go from your presence? Where can I flee from your spirit? So God's presence, God is omnipresent. He's there all the time. He's all the time with us. You know, Jesus said, in two and three of you gather together in my name, I am there in your midst. So there is the invisible, intangible presence of God with us all the time. And that's wonderful. We walk by faith. We depend on the fact that God is with us all the time. But what we must also understand is that there are times when God makes His presence known to us, either in the realm of our spirit, our soul, or our body. There are times when God, we can recognize, we can sense the presence of God, either in our spirit, our soul, or our body. Your spirit has senses. Your spirit can see, your spirit can feel, your spirit can touch, your spirit can feel, your spirit can taste. Your spirit has spiritual senses, so in your spiritual senses, you can pick up an awareness of the presence of God. He said, God is here. I can feel Him in my spirit. I can sense Him in my spirit. But God also can make His presence very, uh, very tangible to us in the realm of our soul or our body. Maybe we can see it with our physical eyes or in your emotions, the very presence of God. Amen? So this, the purpose of today's message is just to help us understand uh, that you know, there are times when you, can, you and I can recognize the presence of God in a tangible way in any of our senses, either in the spirit or soul or body. We know God's presence is here. And when the presence of God is here and we are able to recognize a tangible uh, uh, sense of His presence, we must respond to that. We must welcome that. And most assuredly, we must not disrespect His presence. We'll talk a little bit about that a little later. But, but I want to just bring an awareness here this morning that the presence of God can be very tangible. God, who created our emotions, has every right to make Himself known to us in the realm of the emotions. Do we agree on that? Amen. You know, sometimes we, we say, you know, we walk by faith and not by sight. It is true. We walk by faith and not by sight. And yet, there are times 
when God makes himself known to us in the realm that we live in, in our emotions or in the natural world. And there are so many expressions, many, many different ways that God can make his presence very tangible to us. There are some listed here in, uh, in this chapter, page, 20, page 30. Uh, we'll look at some, just, just touch upon it. We'll get into details in the coming weeks. Uh, some of these scriptures are taken from the Old Testament. Some of them are in the New. But just look at, some of, uh, look at this, what's listed here. Uh, fire, for instance, is, is one of the ways that God makes his presence tangible to us. Hebrews 12.29 says, our God is a consuming fire. So sometimes his presence is like fire. In Exodus 24.17, it says, the sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire on the top of the mountain, the eyes of the children of Israel. So now, uh, the, the presence of God was like fire. It was visible to the natural eye. The people could see the fire. It was a tangible manifestation of God's presence. Again, in Acts, the second chapter, it says on the day of Pentecost, when they were all with one accord in one place, there came a sound from heaven, uh, like a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So they saw tongues of fire. They actually saw this coming and descending on the people. So the presence of God was made known through a tangible manifestation of fire. But sometimes you and I may experience fire, say, in the spiritual realm. Meaning you can feel God's presence either as, as something that's just consuming, burning something up in your life. It's just consuming, it's burning something out, taking something out. That's a spiritual sensation of God's presence like fire. It's coming upon you, burning something. Fire burns, it consumes. Sometimes it's in the natural, like as you saw in this example, you can see fire coming. Sometimes it's in the realm, just in, in the emotions, you feel that God's doing something emotionally and you, you can feel uh, something just burning up. Things that have been holding you are burning up. Sometimes it's like light or brightness. Psalm 104 verse 2 says that you cover yourself with light as with a garment. First John 1 John 1.5 says God is light. There is no darkness in it at all in Him. So light, it could be Something in the spiritual, you, you feel suddenly something bright in your spirit. God is manifesting himself in your spirit as light, making himself known to you. He's there. And some people had physical manifestations. My room became bright suddenly. So God's making his presence known through something that's tangible. Cloud, there are many, many references to God's presence coming like a cloud. Here are some of them. Exodus 16th chapter, the 10th verse says that, uh, as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation, the children of Israel, they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the clouds. Exodus chapter 19, verse 9, God says, I come to you in the thick clouds. Exodus 24th chapter, verses 15 to 18, it says that Moses went up in the mountain, and a cloud covered the mountain. And the glory of God rested on Mount Sinai, and the cloud covered it for six days. And the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. The sight of the glory of the Lord was like a consuming fire. Exodus chapter 34 verse, 30, verse 5 says, The Lord descended in the cloud. God descended in the clouds. When they were dedicating Solomon's temple in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, it says that when the trumpeters and singers were making a sound, one sound to the Lord, praising and thanking Him, and when they lifted up their voice with trumpets and cymbals, it's, and praising God, saying, He is good, His mercy endures forever. It says, The house of the Lord was filled with a cloud, so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud. 
So in all these examples, you see God's presence being revealed in a very tangible way, in this case, in the form of a cloud, something that they could see. We also have an example in Revelation 15, verse 8, of the smoke of the glory of God and from His power. There are times when God says He will come to us like the rain. Psalm 72, verse 6, He will come down like rain. So you can feel the presence of God bringing refreshing like rain. Again in Hosea chapter 6 and verse 3, it says, When we pursue the knowledge of God, He will come to us like the rain. Or some people have described the, move of God, the, the presence of God moving among them like a wind. You have a record in Acts 2 verse 2, They heard the sound of a, as of a rushing mighty wind. And sometimes even darkness. 2 Samuel 22 verse 10, it says, He bowed the heavens, He came down with darkness under His feet. He made darkness canopies around him or his place of dwelling. Solomon said in 1 Kings 8.12, The Lord said he would dwell in the dark cloud. So there are many, many different ways in which God's presence can be made tangible to us. What I want to encourage us is this. You know, as we are worshiping God, maybe you're in your home privately reading the Word of God and worshiping God. Maybe you're in a group. Maybe you're in a corporate setting like this. And you begin to feel the presence of God. That God's presence is moving amongst us. Important for all to recognize the presence. Recognize the yeah. moment of worship is moving. Spirit becomes or you can, in a tangible, even in your mind, emotions, very free. You can recognize the presence of God. I feel God here. We recognize God. Things one into it. God, I see. I, I recognize you. What you want me to do? Welcome to life. God, I open up my presence. I mean, the way you want me. don't the presence of God resist it because there are things in the presence of no man in you. No man. That's why you say, God, I feel your I open up, do something. Recognize that you open up your heart, do something. Most important, when the part is here, do it in any way, show respect for the part. Amen? I don't, I don't want to complain, but you know, sometimes it's really sad when we see people standing at the back. Here's everyone worshiping God. The presence of God is here and there. They're like, yeah, what's happening, you know? And, and it's like there's a big disconnect. I mean, here God's presence is, is moving. People are being touched. But right at the back, on the fringes, people are just saying, they're so disconnected they, they, and to the point of being disrespectful for the presence of God. And that's not nice. We must learn to respect God's presence. The more, you know, you attract whatever you respect. If you respect the presence of God, you'll attract more of God's presence. If you disrespect, sorry, are you with me? Yes, no, maybe. So let's respect God's presence. When, when, when you see that somebody is being touched, there's the presence of God. People are being affected. Hey, respect. Say, God, I may not feel the presence right now, but I know there's somebody there. There's somebody there. There's somebody that's being touched with the presence of God. Have respect. God is doing something. God is moving in our midst. Somebody is being touched. Somebody is being changed. Have respect. Respect the presence of God. When you respect, you will attract. Amen? It's very sad. So don't respect the presence of God. When there are people worshiping, when there are people seeking God, when there are people praying, even if you are not feeling tangibly the presence of God, at least show respect. At least show respect. Even if you can't feel it, you show respect. Say, God, I know you're in our midst. I want to also emphasize this, that many times the presence of God, the manifestations of God's presence, is beyond what we understand the way God, uh, in which God is supposed to work. You know, we try to put God in a box. But God is always bigger than the biggest box we make. Amen? He's bigger than the biggest box he makes and we make. And Psalm 115, verse 3, it's not on your sheets. It says here that God is in the heavens and he does whatever he pleases. He does whatever he pleases. I mean, he's just happy to do some things that will jar us a little bit. That doesn't fit into our, you know, there are nine gifts. There are nine gifts of the Spirit. One of them is speaking in tongues. 
But suddenly somebody, God moves upon somebody and into speaking in tongues, they sing in tongues. Or into speaking in tongues, they write in tongues. And you say, well, that's not in the Bible. But this God at work is moving in ways that, uh, that's beyond our lists, that's beyond our box. Sometimes God does things that we just can't explain necessarily with chapter and verse. There's no chapter and verse that says, I will come to you like diamonds and rubies. It says he will come to us like the rain, etc., etc. There's no chapter and verse, but this is what's happening. There's no chapter and verse that says oil will flow out of your Bible, but it's happening. God's doing some things like that just to let us know that he is here. And when we experience God moving amongst us, and however way, and in whatever fashion that he wants to move, let us welcome it. You know, let's not resist saying, you know, God, according to my theology, you're only supposed to come like wind, rain, not as diamonds and, and oil. You know, it doesn't fit. No, welcome God's presence, however he wishes to move amongst us. Amen? We are pursuing God. We are pursuing him. And when he comes to us, he can make his presence known to us in unusual ways. So let's just continue here talking on page 32 about human reactions to the presence of God. When, when God's presence, when we become aware of His presence, sometimes we, I mean, we would react, and there could be so many different reactions. Some of these things we have talked about earlier, there could be deep conviction, uh, there could be unexplainable peace, there could be overflowing joy, there will be supernatural healings and miracles. Some of us may feel an overpowering weight of God's glory. Some people fall down as dead. You find these examples in the Bible. May people lose strength and they fall in the presence of God. Some may tremble. If mountains can you know, melt like wax in the presence of God, then why not people fall and melt down in His presence? Some may have physical sensations of heat and tingling and a flow of power. Sometimes the presence of God causes deep sleep. So many of you know why you sleep in church. <laughs> you know, for example, God put Adam to sleep when he wanted to do a work in him. He put Abraham to sleep when he wanted to give him, a, give him the covenant. So times when God does this, but that doesn't give us a reason to sleep. And sometimes it's drunkenness. There's an overpowering work of the Spirit, and you feel there's drunken-like behavior. Or some people have visions and trance and encounters, other, other, different, other experiences. Just different things that we made people react. And uh, it's historical. I mean, I've shared some of this with you earlier. You know, even John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement or the Methodist denomination, in his meetings... He has some of the things he records, that, which he saw in his meetings. About three in the morning, as we were continuing in prayer, it, he says, the power of God came. That many of us cried out for joy. He fell to the ground. And as soon as we recovered, so we don't know how long they were in that state, but once they recovered, they were filled with awe and amazement in the presence of God. He says what would happen in his meetings, page 34. Suddenly, seeing all over it, he sang to the ground. Immediately, another, another sang to They dropped as if thunder. Records another says, My voice will be heard in the things of some things of others, as they're calling out to him who was mighty to save. He writes in a later place, he says, as we rose from giving thanks, another person reeled four or five steps and dropped. John Wesley writes, There's twenty-six people are stricken down under the conviction of sin, some sunk down, and there remained no strength in them. Others trembled and quaked, and some were torn with a kind of compulsive motion in every part of their bodies. He records an experience he had with his brother Charles. He says, you know, as we were about to sing together, Charles burst out in loud laughter. I asked him if he was distracted, and he began to be very angry, and presently after began to laugh as loud as he. Nor could we possibly refrain, though we were ready to tear ourselves in pieces. 
poem without him. That's John West, founder of the Methodist, writing all this, his ministry. Page 35, we have some accounts from Jonathan Edwards, and, and there are many, many of these accounts. I've just, you know, gotten two of them here. Jonathan Edwards, a great theologian, used greatly by God in the Great Awakening that swept through America. He writes this, he says, It was very frequent, it was a very frequent thing to see outcries, faintings, convulsions, and such like. Both was admiration. Here are the two great characteristics of a genuine revival, he says. First, there's an extraordinary sense of the awful majesty, greatness, and holiness of God, so that sometimes the body assessing all of God sometimes takes away strength. Secondly, he talks about the longing for humility and adoration that people experience. So the point here is this, that there could be different reactions that we have to God's presence, that people have to the presence of God, different kinds of reactions. And we must learn to respect. Amen? Just because somebody, you know, somebody starts crying, so very so high, hyper-emotional person, you know. No, maybe that person is just overwhelmed with the presence of God, and that's why uh, he or she is, is crying at that moment. It's overwhelmed the presence of God. You know, somebody may, be, may feel so weak, they want to sit down, or they want to lie on the floor, or however they are responding. As long as it's, it's the presence of God that's touching them, let's allow them, give them the liberty, give them the freedom to respond to what God is doing in their lives, the way they are able to respond. It may not be the way you would respond, but so what? As long as God is touching them, respect. So some guidelines before we close. As we yield to God's tangible presence, understand that the God who created our emotions has a right to touch our emotions in unusual ways. God has a right to touch our emotions. We just yield to, his feeling, uh, to, to what He's doing. Page 36, the God who created our physical senses has a right to touch our physical senses in unusual ways. We just yield to what he does. When God touches our emotions or physical senses, he's not doing it to entertain us. He's, he's very purposeful. He's, there's a reason. He wants to do something. Maybe he wants to manifest his greatness. Maybe he wants to change us on the inside. Something that God's trying to accomplish. And we must pursue that. What is God trying to do in our midst? We must pursue his purpose more still. And I want to reiterate, we all are very clear on this, that we, our objective is to seek Him, not some unusual manifestation or experience. We are pursuing God. But in the process of pursuing God, we must be aware, we must be open to these things when God does show up. Otherwise, we are so focused on pursuing God, we ignore Him when He does show up. God is sitting next to you and saying, I'm pursuing God, I'm waiting for God to come. He's sitting right next to you. His presence is here. So we are pursuing God to the point we're pursuing past Him. And we fail to recognize when he's come. And he's already here. He's already moving. He's working. He's touching lives. And, you know, you've made pursuing God an end in itself. So be aware that when, when you're pursuing God, he will come. When you draw nigh to him, he will draw nigh to you. And when he does draw nigh to you, respond. React. Don't be afraid. Everything must be done as yielding to God. And don't do it for personal attention. Attract attention to yourself. You're yielding to God. And that's why you let go. Everything is done with reference and a recognition of who God is. And everything must be done to glorify God. And to whatever extent you can, exercise self-control. There'll be times when, when it's, you know, you're laughing uncontrollably or you're weeping uncontrollably. I mean, you can't control, it's okay. But to whatever extent you can, especially not to disrupt somebody else. Maybe the person is sitting next to you is, 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 is you're just overwhelmed with joy. And you're overwhelmed with tears. Both are being touched by God. You know, one is crying uncontrollably. The other one is just wanting to laugh. 
filled with joy. God is moving, just different. Now the person who's crying should not pull down the person who's laughing and say, you have to cry with me. No. It's God, you just flow with it the way God's doing. The other, other person, God is doing something else. Maybe, you know, the other person, God is just breaking some depression off and that's why he's filling that person with joy, overwhelming joy. Because God gives us a garment of praise to put off the, you know, uh, the, the spirit of heaviness. And so is that, and whereas somebody else, maybe God's doing something different. But just learn to re- yield to it and, and to whatever extent you can, you exercise self-control. And, and you know, I understand that there are fleshly manifestations. That means there are times when we make things up, right? I understand that. I understand that sometimes uh, it may not necessarily be the presence of God, but it may be some other reasons why somebody's crying. And I understand that. I understand that sometimes, you know, uh, just the force of habit. Somebody starts saying, let us pray, and then immediately hands are shaking. I mean, we just say, let us pray, you know. Maybe just force of habit, or it's just that's the way they, they, do, they do it. And I understand that there are all these things around. But just because we have some exaggerations, or just because we have some fleshly manifestations, or just because we have some things that we are kind of programmed into, that does not in any way diminish the genuine move of God. doesn't diminish in any way the genuine work of God. We are pursuing Him, and when He comes, things can happen to us, and we must respond to what He does. Amen? So let's be open, even as individuals. Maybe in your time of reading the Word, suddenly you're reading the Word and suddenly the truth of God. Give yourself to it. Say, God, I can feel your presence. What are you saying? What are you doing? Maybe God just wants to bring your attention to us, a particular chapter, something God wants. Give yourself to it and say, God, I know you. I can feel your presence. What is it that you're doing right now? I want to yield myself to it. Maybe it's in a prayer group or in a corporate setting like this. Let's reverence and welcome the presence of God. Amen. We trust that this message was a blessing to you. We'd love to hear from you. You can email us at contact at apcwo.org. Also, visit our website www.apcwo.org for additional resources. Thank you for listening and God bless you.